0: you are receiving this transmission, you are Reclaiming the Faith with Phil Baker on the 4th Watch Radio Network. 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 Welcome to Episode 10 of Reclaiming the Faith. A podcast with a mission to reveal what the earliest Christians believed about the core issues facing us today. I'm your host, Phil Baker. Now let's dig into history. Hey everyone, thanks so much for taking time to listen to the program. I really appreciate your support. In episode 10, I'm going to be discussing the vital need for Christians to believe in the power of regeneration. You know, it's one thing to say that we're born again, but what does that mean for us in a practical day-to-day sense? We'll also touch on the subject of homosexuality and Jesus' interaction with a disabled man in John chapter 5. If you're blessed by this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave an honest review on my iTunes channel, Reclaiming the Faith. And also, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me at my website, reclaimingthefaith.podbean.com, or email me at emailphilsbaker at gmail.com. Yeah, I'm blessed to be a part of Justin Fall's Fourth Watch Radio Network, along with BDK of Omega Frequency, who I do a monthly Q&A show with called Ready With an Answer. And if you have questions, you can email him as well and contact him. And you know, we take any kind of questions related to the Bible or ethics. So hit us up there. Uh, So in addition to our own channels, you can find each of our podcasts at the 4th Watch Radio website or on the 4th Watch Radio podcast. In 2016, I wrote a book called New, Wineskins, and the Simple Words of Christ. And if you'd like to get a copy, you can purchase it on Amazon. And again, if it's a blessing to you, please leave me an honest review there. And finally, the early Christian quotes I use generally can be found on the CD-ROM version of the Anti-Nicene Fathers. You can purchase your copy for $5 on the Scroll Publishing website and get all kinds of awesome resources there. All right, well, let's dive into the episode. Last year, Trey Pearson, the lead singer of Christian band Everyday Sunday, came out as gay to his fans. He said that he had tried to not be gay for more than 20 years of his life, but now, by coming out, he says that he is finally able to be authentic and real with himself and others. Mr. Pearson has not changed his religious beliefs. He still professes to be a Christian. And Pearson recently stated, quote, there are millions of people out there going through what I have gone through that I can be a voice for, and I can hopefully help and make an impact in their lives, unquote. Vicki Beeching, also a professing Christian musician, came out in 2014. She said, quote, What Jesus taught was a radical message of welcome and inclusion and love. I feel certain God loves me just the way I am, and I have a huge sense of calling to communicate that to young people, unquote. You know, these quotes are examples of the fruit of hyper-grace teaching, which has poisoned the church. An overwhelming population of professing Christians sway back and forth with Macklemore as their worship leader singing, I can't change even if I tried, even if I wanted to. But before everyone on the other side of the aisle rallies together to bash the offspring of the sexual revolution, consider this. How many times have you heard an older member of your church dismiss someone who's calling them to repent by declaring, quote, that's just the way I am, and I'm never going to change. So, if sexual preference doesn't qualify As an adequate reason to reject the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit, neither does old age. Let me assure you that the early Christians did not teach that God loves us so much that he continually accepts us just the way we are. Instead, the early Christians believed wholeheartedly in God's ability to transform sinners. Though many churches today give lip service to the need to be born again and the power that follows, the second birth, new birth, being born again, was fundamental to the early Christians' belief system. This is from Irenaeus in 180. He says, quote, "...and dipped himself," says the scripture, seven times in the Jordan," unquote, It was not for nothing that Naaman of old, when suffering from leprosy, was purified upon his being baptized, but it served as an indication to us. For as we are lepers in sin, we are made clean by means of the sacred water and the invocation of the Lord from our old transgressions, being spiritually regenerated as newborn babies, Even as the Lord has declared, except a man be born again through water and the Spirit, he shall not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's Irenaeus. Do you believe that the same God who turned an idolatrous leper into a fully healed worshiper of the one true God does the same works today in the lives of those who receive his Son? A simple reading of Paul's letters to Titus, Paul's letter to Titus, it says that that is the case. This is Titus chapter 3, verse 3 through 7. Paul writes, For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another, But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to His mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior so that being justified by His grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And that word regeneration literally means new birth. Renewing means a change of heart and life that is achieved by God's power. And you put those together, and a large part of salvation, therefore, involves receiving a brand new life, a brand new heart with new desires and a new power to say yes to the commands of God and no to the lusts of the flesh, the over desires of the flesh. And in a sense, Jesus's spiritual DNA begins to grow within you, empowering you to choose God's choices by his power. Though I don't struggle with homosexual desires, as someone who has dealt with addiction, I know how it feels to wonder why God would allow me to have strong urges for something that he says is wrong. And in those situations, it's so tempting to surround yourself with people who will tell you what you want to hear and to push away anyone who challenges you to not let your feelings be your guide. It's a tough place to be, so you know I feel for Trey and Vicky, but I also know the gener- the regenerative, grace filled power of the Holy Spirit that transforms slaves into victorious sons and daughters. And additionally, I have experienced the tremendous support of Christians who loved me enough to hold me accountable and use various spiritual shepherds' crooks to keep me on the right path when my heart wanted to start to stray. I tell you the truth, some of the times in my life that I have felt loved the most have been when a Christian counselor kept on calling me out for being feelings-oriented in my thinking and then imploring me to rely on God's grace— and demonstrate love to my family by submitting to God's commands. Whether your issue is homosexuality, addiction, bitterness, depression, or old age, don't allow yourself to be fooled into thinking that 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 issue is more powerful than God. The promise of regeneration, the promise of renewal is not just for the people in the Bible, it is for you. It is for anyone who will humbly turn his or her life over to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Aristides was a man living in the early part of the second century AD, who eventually became a Christian. And what convinced him of the truth of the gospel was its power to transform lives. That it really does drastically change people for the better who have submitted themselves to Jesus and who continuously do so. He was changed too. And even though it was so dangerous to be a Christian at that time in the Roman Empire, Aristides wrote an apology and a defense of Christianity to the emperor himself. And this is an excerpt from that letter. Detailing the transformative power of the gospel in the lives of Christians around the world. It is the Christians, O Emperor, who have sought and found the truth. We have realized it from their writings. They are closer to the truth And to a right understanding than all the other peoples, for they acknowledge God. They believe in Him, the Creator and Builder of the universe, in whom all things are and whom from everything comes. They worship no other God. They have His commandments imprinted on their hearts. They observe them because they live in the hope and the expectation of the coming age of the world. They do not commit adultery. They do not live in fornication. They speak no untruth. They do not keep for themselves the goods entrusted to them. They do not covet what belongs to others. They honor father and mother. They show love to their neighbors. They pronounce judgments which are just. They do not worship idols in human form. They do not do to another what they would not wish to have done to themselves, they do not eat the food sacrificed to idols, for they are pure. they speak gently to those who oppress them, and in this way, they make them their friends. It has come it has become their passion to do good to their enemies. Their women, O oh emperor, are pure like virgins. their daughters are chaste kind and gentle their men refrain from all unlawful intimate relationships they worship no alien gods they live in the awareness of their small smallness kindliness is their nature there is no falsehood among them they love one another they do not neglect widows orphans They rescue from those who are cruel to them. Every one of them who has anything gives ungrudgingly to the one who has nothing. If they see a a traveling stranger, they bring him under their roof. They rejoice over him as over a real brother, for they do not call one another brothers after the flesh, but they know they are brothers in the Spirit of God." If they hear that one of them is imprisoned or oppressed by their opponents for the sake of their Christ's name, all of them take care of all his needs. If possible, they set him free. If anyone among them is poor or comes into want while they themselves have nothing to spare, they fast two or three days for them, and in this way they can supply any poor man with the food he needs." They are ready to give up their lives for Christ, for they observe the words of their Christ with much care. Their life is one of consecration and justice, as the Lord their God commanded them. This, O Emperor, is the rule of life of the Christians, and this is their manner of life. As men and women who know God, They ask of him the things that are proper for God to give and right for them to receive. Thus, they run the course of their lives. They acknowledge the good deeds of God toward them and see, because of them, good flows into the world. Truly, it is they who have sought and found the truth. And from what we have understood here, We must conclude that they alone are close to the knowledge of the truth. Yet, they do not cry out in the ears of the masses the good deeds that they do. Rather, they take care that no one should notice them. They hide their giving like someone who conceals a treasure he has found. They strive for righteousness because they live in the expectation of seeing Christ in his radiance and receiving from him the fulfillment of the promises he has made to them. So take their writings and read in them, and you will see that I have not invented anything here and that I have not spoken as their partisan. Rather, through reading their writings, I came to these firm convictions Also, regarding the future things to which they bear witness. And it is for this reason that I felt urged to declare the truth to those who are ready for the truth. So, are you ready to receive the truth? Something that I've often found true in Christian circles, and even in my own life, is that we often believe the transformative power of the gospel for others, but not for ourselves. We believe others should be working with God to make the changes they obviously need to make to be more effective. But when it comes to us, we tend to have a, this is just the way I am type of attitude. We readily point out the fallacies in Macklemore's I Can't Change song as it relates to others, but we tend to make it our theme song when the Holy Spirit is calling us to grow in a way that is scary and uncomfortable. One of my favorite gospel stories is found in John chapter 5. Jesus was walking through Jerusalem and came by the pool of Bethesda, Many blind and disabled people would stay near the pool because they believed an angel would occasionally stir the waters and the first person in would instantly be healed of whatever ailed them. And though multitudes were gathered there for a touch from God, Jesus centered in on a man who had basically been disabled for 38 years. The Bible also says that Jesus knew that he had been that way for a long time. And looking at the man, Jesus asked him what many would consider an awkward question. Jesus asked him in verse 6, Do you want to get well? Now, why would Jesus ask that question to a man who obviously needs a miracle? Well, perhaps... At the man's core, he was afraid of the responsibility that would come with being healed. Perhaps he enjoyed the attention and sympathy he received due to his illness. Perhaps he was still bitter over the traumatic circumstances that caused his condition and felt that persisting in the pain of his past was more pleasurable than walking in the uncertainty of liberty. Whatever the case, the man gave a remarkable reply. Instead of simply saying, yes, of course I want to be healed, he began to blame shift. He blamed everyone around him for his troubles. When simple questions regularly receive runaround replies, a victim mindset is usually framing one's reality. And how we frame each situation we encounter, you know, the attitude, worldview that we choose in any given situation, how we frame those situations is a critical aspect of living as a faithful servant of King Jesus. And I think it's important to note that John wrote that the disabled man had been that way for 38 years. In chapter 9, John wrote about a man that was blind from birth. So, the difference between the two descriptions of infirmities demonstrates to us that the disabled man from John 5 was not born that way. He must have gone through a traumatic situation 38 years prior that radically changed his life. Being the parent of two adopted children from Child Protective Services I've seen firsthand how a trauma suffered years ago can still shape one's worldview. No one, none of us, none of us is exempt from trauma. We all suffer loss. We all will experience radical disappointments, radical heartaches and wounds that leave deep scars And it is imperative, then, that we are honest with ourselves and others about how those traumas affect the way we see the world. And more importantly, how those traumas affect the way we frame the simple words of Christ. In John 5, Despite the man's reluctance to affirm his need, Jesus told him, to get up, pick up his mat, and walk. And he did. The power of the kingdom of God turned a trauma into a testimony. Trey Pearson thinks he can't change. But if you've heard this song, called all in all. You are my strength when I'm weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. If you've ever heard that song, it was written by a man who thought he was born gay, a man named J- Dennis Jernigan, who by the power of regeneration, God turned his life around. Turned his life around as a beautiful family. Walking as a victorious son of the King of Kings. God can change Anyone. Through the power of regeneration, Jesus can do a great reversal in your life too. Perhaps it will begin with your perspective. Yes, Jesus can change others, but he can change you too. And so the question before you today is do you want to get well?
1: blinded my eyes. I've darkened my heart. I've claimed to be wise and denied your power, oh God. I've made you like me, corrupted and idolatry tree you gave a For how I've refused to glorify you when I have suppressed your truth, you gave us all. Of your gospel, Jesus, may we believe in your great power, God. Father, teach us how to worship you in truth and spirit, to trust you more and more. And